like the local show at a station like 90.7 is the most challenging for DJs or for somebody who's putting on a specialty show because with a reggae or a punk or a country or whatever genre show, you have this galaxy of music at your hands, at your fingertips mm -hmm. that you can sort through every single week and come up with a playlist that's one or two hours long and that can keep you going for a really long time. Yeah. With local music, you don't have as much of that music, especially with current artists at your disposal. So I wonder why you wanted to take that particular challenge and host a local show. Well, um, I've been, just to give you a little bit of my background to kind of go forward with that question, I've been playing in local bands since I was in bars in Tuscaloosa since I was 15. I, I grew up in Moundville, and uh, I just, I really loved, not necessarily bar scene per se but I just loved you know being in a band and playing live music so it, it really started with me playing it and you know the more I've met people along the way since then and you know especially now working here at the station I've just really developed relationships with these people so you know on a personal level I, I, I like to help people get their stuff out there and really promote themselves because I think as a musician it's really hard to promote yourself sometimes, especially in a local setting. In terms of the music too, I have my own personal preferences, but I try to put that aside, you know, for the sake of promoting local music, you know. I'm not a big hip-hop guy, but, you know, I had uh, I had some guys from uh, Bad Crowd, for instance, you know, they're like a hip-hop entourage sort of deal, and I had them on the show, it was, it was really fun, and, and I, I was glad I could help them out, even though that's not my thing. So. To really answer your question, you know, and maybe in a shorter way, I just really love local music, and I really, you know, I really think it's important to cultivate your own, you know, music in your own geographical area, just because, you know, a lot of times stuff that's really good can get tossed by the wayside, because, you know, we're not in L.A. or New York or something like that. Right, and just talk about what kind of bands you were in since you were 15, and are you in one now? Well, when I was 15... I actually, uh, okay, let me go back a little further. When I was in seventh grade, it was PE or band, and I decided to do band, and I started, I didn't even know what I wanted to play. You know, I knew I, knew I liked music, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I started playing drums, and I just got more and more into that and started playing kit, and then, um, you know, got my own drum kit. I can't remember, it was one of, my, one of my birthdays or Christmases, but just started learning to play that, and then... A friend of mine who also played drums, who I knew from Marching Man High School, he was playing drums for a band already, and he was like, well, you know, obviously we already have a drummer, that's me, but we need a bass player. So, and it was a, him and another guy from my high school, uh, Joel Johnson and Aaron Sudazza, he's band I'm in's drummer now. Yeah, Joel, him and Joel were having this, they had this thing, Joel really started at Joel Johnson, which he plays around locally as as well now too. It was a band called Winter's Haven, and it started out a little more on the kind of angsty, teen, almost emo kind of side, I would say. And then it kind of developed into a harder rock kind of thing, and as it kind of developed into that, I wasn't really feeling it so much anymore, so I kind of quit doing that. And then for a while, 
I just kind of hung out and didn't really, uh, you know, I had turned to music projects. I played after I got out of high school. was around the time that I quit Winter's Haven, I think, like 11th or 12th grade. And um, I kind of I kind of just hung back for a while and watched a lot of local bands play stuff and really kind of got more of a feel for playing covers versus playing originals. And, you know, I was always into hearing original music more so than covers, which is a lot of what populates the landscape around here. Who are some of those bands that you were noticing locally? The first big band that I really took notice of that I really thought, wow, I, this is incredible, I can't believe this is right here, was Bakwa. And I heard their stuff from a CD that somebody had, and I was just like, holy crap, I cannot believe this is right here in our hometown, you know. And I just remember that really inspired me to, you know, really, that was about the time that I heard them that I really got off my ass, so to speak, and uh, was like, you know, I really need to do something. So I began kind of looking around at different opportunities, and I really wanted to go into something, I'd, I'd always wanted to be a singer. And I never really had any previous experience with singing in terms of band-related stuff. I just knew that I wanted to do it. So I got on MySpace. This was back in 07, 08, and found uh, this group. They were called Modern Ghosts at the time. And um, basically told them I wanted to audition to be their singer because they were looking for one. So it was basically a situation where I was coming into where they already had music written. And I just came in and uh, wrote some melody lines and some lyrics to what they had, and it just clicked. It worked out really well. Uh, it's the kind of genre that I really, you know, have always been most interested in, which is like a, a post-punk, pop-punk kind of thing. You know, it's not huge around here, but uh, I really enjoy it. Uh, it's it's definitely the genre I'm most passionate about. But over the years, we've had a lot of uh, lineup changes since then. We changed our name. We Killed the Dinosaurs is a name now. We're currently... Uh, writing stuff for a new album. We released our first album in 2011, uh, November 2011, and we're working on a new album right now. I'm just kind of doing shows here and there whenever we can. We're all in college or around college enough to where we're affected by the goings-on, so we're all pretty busy. But definitely, going back to what you were really asking, I was kind of trying to lead sure. <laughs> one thing into another there. But Bakwai, um, I started seeing other bands as well. Uh, Dead Man and Reno. Which they're a little, they're a heavier band. A lot of people don't know them because they're kind of niche, you know, kind of band. But to me, you know, music genre aside, they were just technically incredibly together, and that to me was just like amazing. That people, like I say, from I went through a whole, I went through a whole period where I was like in Tuscaloosa, really, I can't believe this. And then, you know, the more I started to see the potential, I was like, you know, this is something I really want to make a big part of my life and I really want to stick with it. Do you guys play live very often and where do you play in Tuscaloosa when you do it? Actually here recently we haven't played a whole lot in Tuscaloosa just because we haven't played a whole lot anywhere. Been trying to write a lot of new material but we we used to play and you know I say rest in peace because I hear they're actually getting ready to renovate the whole place now after months of just not doing any kind of bands there but Mellow Mushroom upstairs really the best and, and you know not to I mean we've, we also play and still play Egan's a lot Egan's is and I think decidedly so kind of a hole in the wall kind of place but it, it does have its its charm and we love playing there I'd say Egan's and Mellow the old Mellow Mellow Mushroom upstairs was just a perfect landscape the perfect setup the right size place the stage was just the right size the sound guy um, a friend of mine Shane Lawler he does sound now over at Greenboard 
but uh, he did sound at Mellow Mushroom for years, and it was just a great system, a great sound guy, a great room. It's always a good turnout, and you know, I don't know what caused them to discontinue doing that, but um, anyway, I think I've diverted from your no, original question. No, I'm glad you brought Mellow Mushroom up, because I, I too, when I was an undergrad, and I still feel this way now, I felt like it was easily the best music venue in town, mm -hmm. not only for the sound and the stage and the environment, but also for the kinds of bands that they brought, the fact that they put such an emphasis on local music, yeah. and then in the latter part, or the latter months, I guess, of its existence upstairs, they did start to bring in some higher profile acts and mixed yeah. it with some local some local acts. So I really thought that they were they were established as the go-to local place and were on their way to becoming something even Yeah, more. I, I kind of get that too. And I, I was really kind of like bummed when I heard about that. And I think everybody was, but even me on a deeper level, I guess just being somebody that played up there fairly often, there was a stint there where we were playing every, at least every other month, if not every month, you know, once a month at Mellow Mushroom upstairs and yeah there were some really good bands that came through there you know I, I just don't I don't understand why I guess the owners just thought you know maybe a different direction or something I've, I've heard a lot of stuff recently about you know they had a lot of damp stuff going on up there and I heard most recently that they were going to tear out the whole thing and just make it another section of the restaurant which is very sad uh -huh. there's a, a a place in Atlanta that's kind of again because of the upstairs thing I can't remember the name of the place. Oh, the Masquerade in Atlanta. Never played there. Would love to play there. But um, is it the Masquerade I'm thinking about? I don't know. There's there's one. There's a club in Atlanta. I would say club. It's a venue where they have three levels and they have different bands that play every every weekend night at least. And it's pretty big. Um, we've actually tried to get some shows there before, but it's pretty tight knit. I mean, they have a really locked down. You know, people that they like to book and people they don't like to book. But um, it kind of, the only reason I bring that up is because it, Mellow Mushroom almost seemed like it could have been that sort of venue for Tuscaloosa. You know, if it had continued and, yeah, overall just a, a sad loss, I think. But there are other places that, you know, can, I think, rise to the challenge of filling that void. Bose Bar is a really, I think, overlooked place that, that's good for all different types of stuff. They had an open mic there. I don't know if they're still doing that or not. I was going to it pretty frequently uh, there for a while and just kind of died off because I got busy. But really good stage, really nice setup, kind of similar in size to Mellow. Not quite as visually like, oh, this is a venue where cool bands can come play. I mean, they have a lot of cover bands there, too. And that's, you know, like I said, it, it's... It's the landscape. It's the musical landscape of Tuscaloosa. It's just, you know, you're going to have those bar bands. You're going to have those frat party bands that are just playing covers for money. And more props to them. I mean, they're making money. Good for them. But, you know, it kind of oversaturates the area. And people get used to hearing that. Get used to going out and like, oh, we're going to go out to, uh, you know, Rounders tonight. Or is it still called Rounders? Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about Rounders, sure. but, you know, I mean, it's they usually have cover bands there. I don't, I can't recall a time I've ever seen an original band, and that's just what they do, and that's cool, but I think people get used to that, and therefore, a lot of people that come from out of town to come to school here, you know, they that's what they become accustomed to, that's what they go out to hear, and that's all well and good. But, you know, culturally, I think it's important to promote local original music, because... In a way, when you're in a college town, you almost lose your identity <laughs> being a cultural thing 
or be, especially being a, anything to do with the arts. Actually, I take that back because the arts, you know, can extend to theater and stuff like that, which is very rich here, I would mm -hmm. say. But uh, in terms of music, you know, being a band in general or an ensemble or anything, being original is tough around here. Like I say, I think that's a good a good reason to support local music and to really look for that next place that's going to be like Mellow Mushroom. Well, it seems like there are two venues in town that have led the charge for the past year or two mm -hmm. in terms of promoting local music, and that's yeah. Egan's, obviously, and yeah. Green Bar now, too. Green Bar, yeah. You know, when it was Little Willie's, for instance, us, we're, and again, we're like a post-punk, you know, maybe even a little heavier than that. It's kind of hard to say. We never really know how to explain ourselves, but back when it was still... Little Willies, we, you know, we, I think Bakwa had played there a few times, and maybe and me, anywhere Bakwa plays in Tuscaloosa, I'm just like, Bakwa can play there, I want to play there, you know, because they're still, you know, and I mean, I know those guys on a personal level now, for the most part, I've, I've had them on my show, and I don't think they realize, you know, I hate to sound sappy, but, you know, I don't think they realize what they did for me on a personal level. Essentially, like, okay, well, yeah, Little Willies, getting back to that, mm -hmm. they played there, so I was like, yeah, we can play there. But uh, I think the owner was just kind of like, you know, y'all are a little too heavy for, green, for well, Little Willies at mm -hmm. the time. Then it turned into Green Bar. And then I noticed more rock bands, you know, Bakwa's playing there more. CBDB, Blackwater Thieves are a little more jammy, but, you know, still an original band. I was seeing more and more of that, and I was like, okay, well, this, you know, maybe we can ask them again. And I feel like I reached out to him again, and it was still just kind of like, you felt like it was too heavy, which, I mean, there's not a really good place in Tuscaloosa for heavier music, which... You know, we're kind of in the middle, so even if there was, I feel like we wouldn't get booked there either. Mm -hmm. And and I guess that's further in my point. I think you have an opportunity anywhere to, you know, go as specific as you want with your places that you have to hang out, to congregate with people that are like you, you know, to listen to the same type of music, you know. And you used to have, there's a really awesome place when I was in high school, Swayze's. Yeah. There's another place in town. I it used, used to, to be the concourse. Yeah, it used to be the concourse. Used to be Swayze's. Used to be, I think, two or three other things mm -hmm. before I really even started hanging out there. But yeah, concourse slash Swayze's was what it was when I was in school. I went there a good bit even before I knew. I grew up in Moundville, so mm -hmm. it was a drive to go to Tuscaloosa was like a day on the town, you know. So we'd come up, you know. I'd come up sometimes even you know earlier on like by myself and just go to these shows before I even had any friends up here and just like watch and I was so amazed by like you know I've always been kinda into counterculture I may not dress like it you know I don't have these big you know plugs in my ears or anything like that but it's always been fascinating to me and musically I, I'm kinda on that wavelength and I miss Swayze's a lot it, it was terribly unorganized for the most part and, and stuff and, and kind of ghetto as it were but still it, it, the quality of music I think is worth it you know D despite the ghettoness of any particular place, if you have good music, you have good music. The other stuff's just kind of secondary. Well, and you said that your band sort of falls in the middle of being not as hard for Green Bar and another place that would take harder acts. Do you think that there are a lot of bands who have a particular niche where they can't really apply it to any venues in Tuscaloosa? Does that force them to sort of turn around and push outward and go to different places outside of the city to find where that yeah. niche might be more acceptable? Yeah, I think it definitely does. I mean, 
and and again, you know, I hate to say it. I mean, I love Tuscaloosa. I love this town, but I've I've written songs more than one, <laughs> songs that we play, songs that are going to be on our new album that are you know about that very thing. I love this town. I love Tuscaloosa. I grew up here, but there are things about it where you just want to you know, if Tuscaloosa was a person, you just want to shake them <laughs> and be like, come on, there is so much that could be done here, and it's just not happening. And there's no one person that you can go to and say, make me a club that is a pop-punk club and all the kids will come to it. I mean, there's several things wrong with that that wouldn't work, <laughs> sadly enough. And, and a lot of it is, you know, there's a saying that's like, you know, all the kids want to see this stuff and then you have it and then nobody comes. And again, I think it's, you know, the whole thing, perpetuating what people are used to seeing here and then people just think that, people get this idea in their head that nothing will ever be cool enough in Tuscaloosa. And until something comes along that is powerful enough and cool enough to really break the bonds, and like I said, like we were talking about earlier, I think Mellow Mushroom could have been that place mm -hmm. if they would have, you know, ex kept expanding, kept bringing in different people. But once you get something popular enough, you know, for instance, you know, a new Apple device dropped today, <laughs> and everybody I know, including myself, has been all over it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because once something has gained enough, you know, garnished enough attention, people are just going to come regardless. You know, it's like the venue becomes the thing. And it's like, we're going to Mellow Mushroom upstairs tonight. And it's not like, it's like, there's going to be an awesome band there. There always is, you know. And there's places like that in big cities, you know, like L.A., New York. You hear about all these big clubs that just like, which, you know, pretending that Tuscaloosa will ever be that huge is, is not realistic. But even to get something that is halfway to that mm -hmm. would be would be phenomenal here. Well, you always hear people talk about the potential Tuscaloosa has to become a place like Athens or Asheville or yeah. even Austin, not even quite on that level, but in the same ballpark. Yeah. I think everybody around here who's passionate about the arts feels like Tuscaloosa has that potential, but nobody's been able to see it realized yet. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. I mean, that's kind of been going along with you know what I've been saying, and, and I yeah, I can fully get on board with that. And I, I think to myself sometimes, like, what could I do? You know, and which is why you know I have my show. I, I do the band thing, and none of which brings me a ton of monetary gain. But it's just all about you know, like I said, spending that time trying to get people to realize what's going on and get on board with it, so something like that can maybe happen and and, and turn Tuscaloosa into that place. I've, I've never been to Athens, Georgia, but I've been hearing more and more about it the older I get and how cool it is, and it's just really laid back, kind of like the the Portland of the Southeast maybe. And, and there's something really, as much as I look at hipsters and, and trendy people, I'm like, ah, it's not worth it to be like that. <laughs> I mean, it's not, but it's cool to know that you have some place you can go where it's out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. It's outside of Dave Matthews at the Tuscaloosa Amphitheater, which I'm not knocking that in <laughs> any way. You know, please make no mistake about it. That is awesome. I'm incredibly glad that we have the amphitheater here. And we're sitting here talking about stuff, and, and you know, I think it would be stupid to not mention that, because it, it has been really awesome. I've seen some shows there myself that were incredible. But it's that step, we need that stepping stone place. That place where local becomes bigger. You know, that place where a band like the Alabama Shakes goes, and that's like, you know, years later, it's like, man, I was in college and I saw the Alabama Shakes, you know, or insert band name here. Before they were even big, you know, we could be that place where generations from now, your dad saw 
this huge band that's making millions of dollars now. And, you know, not that that's the most important thing in the world, but, I mean, if you can be a part of something like that, then that's... I don't see how you can not see the value in that years down the road. I mean, that's memories you remember for a lifetime. I can imagine people that that saw, I don't know, Rush or Leonard Skinner when they were, you know, before they were anything, and you hear the jokes like, ah, oh, you didn't really see them, Dad, you're lying, but... Some people really did, and I think that's incredible. And I think it's it's cool to see that progression from somebody who literally starts out in the same position that you might be in. And, and I've I've seen people transgress, you know, that have been in Tuscaloosa. That people that grew up here, and you know, people that I've known, and then they've gone on to do great things. You know, maybe not even necessarily to do with music. And you're just like, wow, if he can do that or she can do that, then I can do that. And I think that's an important reason, one of the many important reasons that it's important to have art-related things, you know. The University of Alabama is good for academic stuff, obviously there's people that can go on, and there's been lots of people that have gone on to do important things, but in terms of arts, I mean, we have a good music program here at the university, but it's more geared towards classical training, and that's that's all well and good, and I'm not saying it's not good to have that either, but to be somewhere on the map where somebody comes from that goes on to do great things, I think is a really good motivator for other people from the same place. I mean, being from Chicago, for instance, is like the epicenter of pop punk, which is like my favorite genre, really. It's what's mostly dominated on my iPod. If I would have grown up there, I could potentially be in a pop punk band, making lots of money right now. You know, or at least I would have been in 2005. You know, when you had your Fallout Boys and uh, all that kind of stuff doing like huge at the time. Fallout Boys, like my favorite band ever, by the way. Okay. I have no shame. <laughs> I get made fun of a lot for that. But you know, and if Tuscaloosa could become that for whatever niche group, you know, whatever small subgenre, I wouldn't even care what it was. If Tuscaloosa could be that somewhere for anyone. I think that's worth any kind of effort put into it. Well, it helps that 2011 and 2012 is giving such a spotlight on bands like Alabama Shakes and Lee Baines, and yeah. you got the Civil Wars out there, and in some cases, Yellow Wolf, you could even say. There are Alabama yeah. acts who have now hit or are approaching the mainstream, Yeah, and so now people know, well, Alabama has that kind of potential, and there's a pool of talent there. So maybe there's a larger spotlight on it. But I was going to ask you, as the host of the local show and as a musician simultaneously, do you ever feel a crisis of conscience or any sort of like personal conflict of interest when it comes to which bands you play? You obviously want to promote your friends and the good work that they're doing and your colleagues, your contemporaries. But yeah. And you said you, you know, you've had hip-hop acts in when you're not a huge hip-hop fan. But when do you ever feel that sort of conflict when you're on the air, what what is the biggest challenge, I guess, for separating personal favorites from things I need yeah. to play just because they need to be played? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, on a primal, very rudimentary, elementary kind of level, yeah, it's, there's always a temptation if you have any type of, I guess, power, I wouldn't call working at 90.7 power, <laughs> per se, but anytime you can have that gain where you're like, oh, I could really get something out of this in the back of your mind, realistically, everybody's like, oh, this would be cool for me. But you, hopefully, if you're good at your job, and, you know, I try to be as non-biased and try to do the right thing, hopefully, if you're good at your job, you're, you're not going to succumb to that. And I try not to. There have been times on my show this past Monday, for instance, uh, I had Cliff, our station manager, on with me. We were reviewing our benefit show that we had this past Friday, 
uh, for our radio station. We had Handbag Bee, uh, Great American Breakdown, which is Chris Seiler of Bakwai and um, some other guys from Birmingham. They have a, another band, Great American Breakdown, and Blackwater Thieves. It was a really good benefit. It was a good time. Uh, I was reviewing it on my show, and then Cliff randomly you know brought up oh and it's like how's by the way you know uh, you're in a local band as well it's like yeah i don't really talk about that on the show because i'm not that kind of guy mm. <laughs> i'm on the show promoting you know other bands i don't i, don't, <laughs> I rarely throw in a by the way we killed the dinosaurs but you know he mentioned it and i was like yeah sure why not i'm i'm a local musician i mm -hmm. can at least play one song of my own on the air, I feel like I've earned that much. But I'm not gonna, like I say, I'm not gonna every time I'm on air be like, you know, we killed dinosaurs, go buy CD right now, you know. <laughs> I easily could, and it would be kind of a dick move, really. Well, yeah, but I mean, your status as a local musician, too, serves as a qualifier to host a local music show, but you're right, you don't want to put it at the forefront and yeah. beat people over the head with it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of going off that, I, I would hope that people know me enough from the band to be like, oh, it's that guy in that band. Let's hear what the show's about. I would much more quickly use the band to promote the show because the show actually helps other people. It, it helps me to a degree because obviously I'm on the air. I'm there. People hear my voice, and it, it helps me to some degree. But I would much rather use the band to promote the show. Like Dusty Fields of We Kill the Dinosaurs has this awesome show with all these other awesome bands on it. Please jump on board with that. It's all about sharing the wealth and really getting other people in the spotlight. And I think the the most important thing for me to remember is that, and I'm I'm a pretty I, I think of myself as a pretty you know fair kind of person. But you know I mean there's clearly people even in this town who are more talented than I am and I'm not going to deny that and I try to I try to basically put people on the show that I know have talent that I know are in it for the right reasons that I know are pursuing writing their own music and really making it trying to really make it for themselves and hopefully if they're trying to make it for themselves they're also doing it with the guys that they're also, you know, just really passionate about music. Hopefully they're not in it for the money, which that's kind of an individual basis. And you can't really base any of that off of talking to someone for five minutes. But, I mean, in, in terms of selecting who I select for the show, I've had the luxury thus far of not having to turn anyone down that has asked to be on it yet. Because there's been some points when I've just been like, I've ran out of people that I know, and I'll ask around and I'll say, do you know anybody that's in a band around town? You know, maybe I haven't heard of them. Which, there was a point when I felt like I knew almost every band in town, but I've it, there's been a lot more here recently, which I'm very happy about. So I've gotten more and more people telling me, like, hey, there's somebody that wants to be on your show. I'm like, great, well, give me their information. What kind of feedback have you gotten from local musicians on the show? Uh, everybody that I've had on has been really excited about the show, and you know they were just like, "Man, this has been really great. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on." And da 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 da. But even beyond just the standard, you know, like thanks for having me, I kind of get this sense that people really appreciate what what's going on with the show, which I I'm glad. That's why I started doing it. Why I wanted to do it. I think. All the local people that I've had on really understand what you and I have been sitting here talking about. That it's important to put this stuff out there and make sure that people get their dose of local music and their dose of Tuscaloosa <laughs> by way of local music. Mm -hmm. You mentioned you have personal preferences of your own. Just start list off, say, like a top five favorite local bands in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Playing right now. Playing right now. Well, 
because again, because of my own personal experience, Bakwai, mm -hmm. of course. Handbag B I've been more and more into is his lyrics are just really just like off the wall fantastic. Like especially, you know, he has the the title track to his new album that he just got out. I think it's on iTunes. Yeah, it's on iTunes. It's Shit's Crucial, which has just been, to me, it's like an anthem for Tuscaloosa. Like, it's satirical and, and tongue-in-cheek, but you also wonder if it's sort of serious in a way. But yeah, Bakwa, Handbagby, uh, CBDB, really awesome stuff. I, I didn't really realize how awesome until I had them on my show. And they were just sitting there playing. I was like, we're doing a sound check. I was like, wow, this is really together. And, um, uh, a uh, guy that used to play with uh, a heavier band uh, from back when I was playing shows and, and going to uh, going to the concourse slash Swayze's. A guy that played in Gideon plays with CBDV, and the guitar work on it shows. I mean, it's it's really really good. Totally blanking on his name right now, <laughs> which he'd probably kill me if he knew that. But um, I'm I'm really bad with names. Great guitar work, and it's it's really a jammy kind of band, but he kind of brings this element of very technical guitar work to it, so I'm a big fan of that. Who are my favorites? I, I don't know if you can really count, and this is kind of an extension of Bakwa, I guess. Uh, I'm just a fan of Chris Zeller's drumming style. <laughs> I, I really am. Great American Breakdown. I basically got them on our benefit, uh, them and Handbagby. I was responsible for that, and uh, I, I'm really digging them. Uh, like I said, I, I kind of see that as a stitch in a box, just because Chris throws in this really, he has a very distinct drumming style that you can kind of hear, and I really like it. I don't know, uh, without me into, again, without me into uh, self-promoting, <laughs> we kill the dinosaurs. Okay. I mean, I really enjoy doing what we do, you know, yeah. I mean, more than anything. When, you, when it comes right down to me being perfectly honest about my personal taste, you know, there's not a whole lot out there that I would consistently, you know, of the stuff that I've had to play, plug in at the station and stuff like that, as far as my personal preference goes, you know, the stuff that I, I keep on my iPod, that's about the end of it. But, you know, that's not to say that, you know, those other local bands that I've had on my show aren't really great. There's also other people that I've had that I really enjoy that aren't really bands anymore. Jonathan Stevens and Mike London, uh, they're not really, they're, they're playing with this idea of name, Unicorn Stud. <laughs> but uh, that, I really enjoy their stuff too. They play a lot of covers, but we got a chance to hear some of their original stuff that Jonathan wrote uh, when they had him on the show a few weeks back. And uh, I really enjoyed their stuff as well. Andy Hall. Uh, had him on the show. I never really heard a lot of his original stuff. I'm only guy for a long time, but I've never really seen him play. It's kind of more eclectic stuff, but I, I, I dig it. I do. He's got this whole thing going on with um, acoustic guitar, and he has a, a loop pedal, and he like beatboxes over it, and then there's all these like really eclectic. His whole EP is surrounding this idea, which I think is cool for Tuscaloosa, because you don't see that in Tuscaloosa a lot. Uh, an, an EP or an album of any kind surrounded by a Oh geez, the station noises here at 90.7. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, his his whole EP is surrounding this idea about a tree that he just randomly saw one day flowing in the breeze, which I thought was really a little odd, but mostly just kind of cool. But I think that's got my vibe covered. Definitely. Cool. We'll stop there, man.